I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. Well, hello, hello, hello. How are you all doing today? Ugh, it's been kind of a weird week for me. Boogie's got a tummy ache because he ate all my damn food. And so I'm dealing with, with him and his stomach issue. But other than that, everything else is going well. And I figured I would give y'all a little short episode. Uh, what is today? Yeah, it's fucking Tuesday already. Early in the week. And then um, I plan on having a guest on here in the next couple of days. So I can get y'all a more in-depth in depth, uh, conversation about uh, what we're experiencing, what we're witnessing, and this, that, and the other. But... Uh, first things first, uh, it looks like, and this has been kind of going through the rumor mill. I read a Reason article on it, and I've read a couple of things. It looks like the Supreme Court is considering revisiting qualified immunity um, this year, which is a positive. Uh, doesn't mean that they'll overturn it. Doesn't mean that they're going to get rid of it. Doesn't mean that they're going to you know, end the precedent any of that, but it does look like they're going to be at least visiting the issue and considering it. So I will be keeping my eyes on that story as uh, things develop, but there's not really anything to discuss on that front as of yet. I did want to talk about, and I find it I don't know, maybe maybe some people are talking about this. I haven't really heard anybody talk about this very much, Um, not in this context at least. Uh, We're all familiar with the idea that the left owns culture and that politics is downstream of culture. And uh, that as the culture moves, so to do the political winds and therefore the Overton window shifts. Well, one of the most glaring, most obvious fronts to this, uh, most, most visible shows of this was, has, has occurred this year in a very short period of time, very short period of time. It was, uh, what March, the governments and state legislatures began shutting down states, not allowing people to work and anybody who protested it visibly protested it or just spoke out about it online or on a podcast and discuss, tried to discuss the economy. Oh, you care more about the economy than you do about lives. You care more about the economy than you would do about lives. Well, you know, as Mike Meharry had pointed out when he was on my show, that the economy is a life-sustaining vessel, that lives depend on the economy, that people must work, they must earn incomes in order to survive, in order to live. And we've witnessed what the unemployment numbers uh, up in the 30 million range of people filing for unemployment benefits. It's 30 million people 
that are suffering, that are going without. And when people went out to protest, which I still stand by my original thought on this, that protest wasn't the way to handle it, that civil disobedience and just going and doing was your best was your best bet, even though not everybody owns a company. But there were companies out there that wanted to open up that that were following the rules. There were those, you know, people that were arrested for opening up. Um, you had the hairdresser in Dallas. Now, the governor, you know, decided to waive those charges and scolded the judge as this is not what I intended, you know, or whatever. But then you had those people that were out protesting, saying, hey, open it back up, man. We're, we're, we're dying out here. We're, we can't survive. We don't have any money. We, we have to work to live. And the left just mocked them and scoffed at them, called them, said they wanted to kill grandma. You know, that's their, all, that's their go-to anytime, anytime a, a, a conservative or a right-winger uh, advocates anything. They're, oh, you want to kill grandma? Oh, no. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's the, it's so 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 ridiculous the hyperbole that's used uh, in these situations. But so they were they were getting you know told that they were horrible people and that they didn't care about lives and that the same people that used to chant all lives matter now don't care about any lives except for their own and yada 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 yada. Well, we, we all know from Mises that people act in self-interest. This isn't some shock that when you're, when you're hurting and you're suffering economically, that you can't. You're not thinking about helping others. That's just not where your mind goes. Your survival instincts kick in. And it's, you know, you or them. In, in some cases, yeah, you're just focused on taking care of yourself and fulfilling your own needs and your own interests. So the thought that they were going to shame these people into not being concerned with their own situations when they were when there were people losing businesses, there were millions and millions and millions of people going on unemployment, not to mention the millions of people in the gig economy that couldn't go on to, on to unemployment. And to think that these people were just going to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, uh, grandma's life matters is is just ridiculous. That's You're not speaking to these people in any intelligible way as far as they're concerned. When, when you've gone through, and I've mentioned this before, but if, if you've gone through your whole life concerned about losing your job because losing your job and missing one week of work is the difference between you having a place to live or not, it, you could care less about a fucking virus. It's not in your wheelhouse to even concern yourself with getting sick. 
You've been you've been working through illness your entire life, if that's your mindset. The people that have lost their life savings that they had invested into a small business, and that small business now no longer exists due to the COVID crisis. You can't you can't justly ask them to pretend like their sacrifice was worth it how are they going to live they're trying to figure out how they're going to survive when Duncan Limp was murdered in his bed asleep by the police the Limp family were threatened with $5,000 fines and possible imprisonment if they went out and protested at the police headquarters. And this is a fellow, a, a relatively wealthy family. I've heard Jim Bovard talk about they lived in a very upper class neighborhood. They were, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, you ha- when you have money, you have some sort of influence on the on your community. Yet they were threatened that if they went out and protested, they were going to be fined and possibly imprisoned for their son being murdered in their home next to his pregnant girlfriend. And broke no law for nothing. Because somebody months earlier supposedly called the cops and reported him as owning firearms. Okay, this is America. A lot of people own firearms. Is, are the police going to start kicking in all their doors? Supposedly... Owning firearms was a violation of a sealed juvenile record that nobody can trace down. Nobody has any evidence of. Nobody can find anywhere. But when people wanted to protest his unjust murder, then they didn't allow it. Why? Because he was, was it because he was a libertarian? Because he had some anarchist leanings? Maybe because he wore a Hawaiian shirt and made jokes about the boogaloo? I don't know. But when the left loses their fucking minds and goes out and riots and loots and protests. The media backs them up. There's no more scoffing at them. There's no more making fun of them. And the conservatives don't help the issue because they make the worst fucking arguments. The worst fucking arguments. Well, looting and rioting ain't going to bring back George Floyd. Okay. Not everybody's looting and rioting. And to to paint the entire protest movement as peaceful is 
just as insane as painting the entire protest movement as violent. Well, if you didn't do any, anything illegal, the cops wouldn't fuck with you. Really? Because there are a lot of peaceful protesters, which last I heard was enumerated in the Constitution and conservatives want to conserve the Constitution, right? I think so. Or is that only when it benefits you? Does the Constitution only matter when you like the issue being fought about? Is that how it works? So freedom of, of religion, but not freedom from religion. The freedom to assemble if you're right wing, if you're conservative. Freedom of speech if you say what I want you to say. And so see, a lot of these problems, these these phrases I'm coming up with are the same thing conservatives have been bitching about the left. Shutting them down on social media and this, that, and the other. They bitched about the left shutting down, wanting them to shut down their protest when they were protesting the government shutting down their businesses. They're bitching about Duncan Limp's family not being allowed to go gather and peacefully protest. So, it doesn't take a whole lot of, you know, intellectual honesty to say, well, they have every right to protest, but the rioters and looters are, are criminals. Now, some people are saying, well, as soon as the rioters and looters started, I would have I stopped protesting. Well, I'm not going to go that far because I don't know. I mean, what percentage of the people are rioters and looters? What percentage of the people are peaceful protesters? There have been 10,000 people arrested across the U.S., most of which have been peaceful. There have been kids shot by cops with rubber bullets. There have been, there's been small children with guns pointed at their head. There have been people on their own porch getting uh, objects, projectiles shot at them for filming the police marching down their street like a standing army, like an invading force. And so, yeah, the rioters and looters are criminal. So are the cops. You see, like the cops are just as criminal. The cops are violating the rights of people. They're not out there stopping the rioting and the looting, which is, eh, from what I can make of it, it's pretty much come to an end on its own, it, it seems like. But no, they're arresting protesters, not rioters or looters. They're arresting protesters. Well, why are they? Why are they arresting peaceful people that are protesting? Exactly what they're doing. Violence against peaceful people. Why aren't they arresting this criminal element that you have such an issue with? And you defend the police based upon the criminal element that exists. But the police aren't trying to stop the criminal element. They're trying to stop the protesters. They're trying to silence 
the protesters. They're not trying to stop the criminals. And see, this goes down to a, comes down to a major problem with the police force. They don't spend the majority of their resources and their time going after violent offenders. Or people that, that violate the rights of other people, whether through theft or, or assault, rape, murder. That's not where the most majority of their time is spent. The majority of their time is spent harassing people that they suspect for being in possession of a substance. Not that have committed any violent crime. Not that have shown any precedent of being violent in their lifetime. They spend their time arresting nonviolent people, looking for nonviolent people. Why? Because that's least resistance. That's the path of least resistance. Like any predator, they are going, they are seeking out prey that are easy targets. Like a shark sniffing out blood in the water. They're not going after, they're not solving the big crimes. Very rarely do you hear of a police officer solving a, a large crime, a murder. How many murders out there are unsolved, yet they have the time to kick in the door of Duncan Limp, who possibly, possibly owns guns, quote unquote, illegally, which, you know, shall not be infringed kind of kills that idea, but you know, they they kick in the door of Breonna Taylor and shoot her in her sleep. They have the time to, you know, choke George Floyd to death for spending his own fiat currency. But they don't have time to find murderers, rapists, and people that have stolen other people's property. So yeah, there's, it's no surprise that many anarchists and libertarians like myself are focusing our attention on the acts of the police going after peaceful people, nonviolent people, taking the path of least resistance, seeking out the helpless prey. They're not, they're not some, you know, what do you call it? They're not, the, the, the sheepdog protecting the, the flock from the wolves. No. They're the wolves picking off the sheep. Just because they don't like the way that that sheep behaves... So they spend all their time 
looking for the weakest, most vulnerable prey in order to give themselves accolades, a pat on the back. How many Facebook posts have you seen where cops have like a baggie of drugs and a nine millimeter? Look what we confiscated off the street today. Why are you stealing that guy's property? It's not yours. Quit stealing people's shit. And people continue to praise them. And I said it earlier. If every city in the United States is seemingly suffering the same police brutality and abuse problems... Maybe it's, maybe there's not just a few bad apples. Maybe there are only a few good apples. There's no way that you can look at what's happening and think that it's okay. Except for your ideological opponents are against what's happening. So you're saying, well, they're against it. I have to be for it. No, this isn't an ideological or political thing. This is a humanity thing. Where's the humanity here? If the police are doing the wrong things, if they are abusing power, isn't it supposed to be those people that claim to own weapons in order to fight oppression in totalitarian government? Isn't it their responsibility to say, hey, we're armed to deal with people like you. Y'all need to stop it and get yourselves in check. And so once again, you have the left winning a culture war by taking to the streets And convincing the right wing, the conservatives, the Republicans, to only focus on the bad elements of the protests. But that's not the only thing that's happening at these protests. Cops are targeting peaceful protesters as well. And that is something that we should seriously look at. But the conservatives, in conservative fashion... Just hand the victory over to the left wing every single time. When the left wing kept getting louder and louder and louder about these protests that were going on, about protesting to go, these people protesting, wanting to go back to work, the conservatives were shamed into shutting up. Instead of just going back to work, instead of just you know, gathering constantly until things started opening up, they were shamed into silence. When Duncan Limp's parents were threatened with a fine and possible jail, those protests that they were supposed to appear at did not go very well from what I understand. Not that there was violence or anything like that, but there weren't a lot of people that showed up. And so, once again, 
the right has handed the victory to the left, culturally, allowing the left to dictate the terms. Instead of looking at the entire situation, focusing on the real problem of police violence and police brutality, they went back on their heels and started attacking the rioters. Yet, if you would have supported the protesters and defended the protesters, saying that the rioters were making the protesters look bad and the protesters weren't involved in that, you would have had a better chance of having your point of view heard. But instead, you just focused on the bad element. And focusing on the bad element, the chaos within the entire situation, you just handed the left another victory because they were able to take the moral high ground and you handed it over to them. When you, when you were protesting being locked down and you allowed the left to shame you into silence, you gave them the moral high ground. And this is how the left wins the culture war. This is how they win everything. It doesn't matter who your president is. They've got the culture by the balls because they understand how to fight these battles. They understand that if they can, they can turn you back on your heels, defending the police officer which a lot of people did. A lot of people turned around. Well, these riots aren't any good for George Floyd. And then next thing you know, you got Candace Owens. Well, George Floyd was a crack kid and he's a meth head and he's got fentanyl in his blood and yada, 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 yada. And I'm not saying he deserved to die, but he deserved to die because he was a criminal and he'd be in trouble and blah, 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 blah. And you know what? That paints you into a corner to where you've given up the moral high ground. Because now you're defending a police officer that murdered a man in broad daylight. So this is how the left continues to win culturally. And we've seen it in real time. In just a matter of a few weeks in reality. And the right never seems to learn from this. And so now the left has the city of Minneapolis backing them up to defund and dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department, which, in my opinion, is a good idea. And it is a good idea because... In five years, the Minneapolis Police Department have 3,000 abuse of power complaints against them. Very little action, very few actions taken. The police union basically told the mayor to pound sand when the mayor wanted to end warrior-style training, teaching the police officers to treat citizens as enemy combatants. He wanted to go to a more de-escalated style of policing 
into which you are trying to preserve the peace. And they refused. The police union told them, no, fuck you. We police, we police the streets. You just be the mayor. We'll handle this. And so now the city council is like, okay, well, we're going to keep, we're going to quit sending you money for MRAPs and sound cannons and water cannons and military gear. You're not getting it anymore. As a matter of fact, we're just going to dismantle you altogether. And we're going to take all that funding and we're going to turn all that funding over into a pool in which we can invest in a citizen's patrol that have already been voluntarily walking the streets and policing the streets more more effectively, from what I can gather, than the police department has. And so it comes down to what I was saying a couple episodes ago. Let them police themselves. And that's what the city of Minneapolis is doing. They're going to let them police themselves. They're going to invest in some community programs and citizens patrol. And they're going to try to find a more peaceful solution to the problem. And they're not going to use Minneapolis Police Department anymore. At least that's what they're saying. That's the way it's looking. And good for them. Let some competing entities move into the region and compete. Give them, you know, let them overlap territories and and compete and let the people decide who to call and when to call them and which entity, which organization works best. Because... Obviously, a monopoly on violence has done no good in the city of Minneapolis. It's only created a situation in which the police lord over the citizens, act as if it's an occupying military force invading the city, And once again, the left has taken the moral high ground while conservatives sit in a corner sucking their thumbs crying because my police force, well, they're Mr. Limbaugh. And I say that as a broad stroke for all conservatives. Had you taken notice of the issues that were taking place within the ranks of the police for the last 50 years and addressed the abuse claims and the brutality and demanded that all men are equal under the law, including those wearing a state-issued costume, then you may not be in jeopardy of losing your police force. 
Unfortunately, you turned a blind eye. You chose the route of hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. While the evil took place. And therefore you did nothing in the face of the evil that was happening on streets all over the country. And eventually you lost because you refused to take action. You refused to address a glaring problem. And once again, the left wins the culture war. And next year, when the left wants to dismantle the citizen patrol, you'll be wanting to conserve it. Because as Michael Malice so rightfully says, conservatism is just progressivism going the speed limit. And you prove yourselves inadequate for the fight once again. Every single time. Y'all have no solutions. Your, your only argument is don't do that. Don't do anything. Leave it as it is. It's good as it is. Well, it's not good as it is. And if your only solution is inaction, there are those, the majority of the people are going to follow those trying to take action. So when it comes to a glaring issue like policing, the war on drugs, or perpetual war in the Middle East, rather than not act and allowing another victory to your ideological opponents, why don't you think of a solution to the fucking problem? See, I think y'all have gotten so used to throwing a temper tantrum after the left gets its way that you don't have the ability to solve problems anymore. That your only solution is to own the libs. And when you're owning the libs on Facebook or Twitter, the culture is shifting into their favor. If you want to get back to a situation where a two-parent household is the norm, a family can operate on a single income, as was the case for much of the history of the United States, that the Constitution is actually matters, you have to quit trying to own the libs and solve some problems. But the fact of the matter is, 
all you're looking for is a red tie in office because at least it makes you feel like you own the libs. But while they're suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, they're owning the culture at the same time. So, you may not like the way that this country is moving and that the way that the dominant culture is shifting and drifting along. And you may have thought that electing Orange Mussolini was the answer to all your problems. But somewhere along the way, you were lied into believing that politics controls culture when it's the exact opposite. Culture is upstream from politics. Politics is following the culture. (coughs) And there are Evidence upon evidence upon evidence to prove it. And all you have to do is look at the gay marriage issue or the marijuana issue or the psilocybin mushroom issue and how these things are following the politics is following the culture in these manners not vice versa abortion became legal after it was popular it didn't become popular because it was legal anyway that's my little spiel on what's going on in this cultural movement that's happening right now I'm not even saying I disagree with the disbanding and defunding. I think I've made it clear that I think it's a good idea. If they move in the right direction, there is a possibility they will move in the wrong direction and make things worse. Nothing's guaranteed. But I just calls it like I sees it, boss. And what I sees is the continuation of the left dominating the culture. And the right just throwing a fit. A wild-eyed tantrum like a two-year-old and stuck in a car seat. Anyway, I'm Tommy Salmons. Late.